0: As a composer,
1: With Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast. And here is your host of the show, Efren Guzman. Well, how, long, how long have you been in the show business for?
0: Um, I don't even know. Uh, you know, I, I went to school for uh, for jazz, and uh, and so I'm not sure when I, in my mind, realized it was show business and not just art. <laughs> it, I remember I did it,
1: my first job, and uh, it was for a, uh, it was from a movie, and and they said, "Okay, send us an invoice." And I said, "What's an invoice?" <laughs> Whoa! You're dating and, yourself uh, there. <laughs>
0: well, I just did, uh, the education system for. Uh, the way you, you know what I, I came to was so weighted towards you know you know it's all art and there's no commerce and commerce is bad and then that's like really that high minded ivory tower
1: kind of thing yeah was so weighted it's like not, not a sentence was said about uh, taking care of yourself
0: in the real world so it's like just out there now you've learned all this high art good luck Chuck <laughs>
1: so um ladies and gentlemen welcome to the atomic podcast we're talking with martin Blasek. um I'm sure you heard a lot of his work in films and you heard his music and he's part of snowflakes and um tell me man how did all, how did it all start for you like you, was you doing this as a teenager or this is something you adapted later on in life like how did like what was your passion for music at what age was your passion for music started uh, the passion
0: uh was at age 14 i got into this uh, album by Yes, Yes Songs are live album. Okay. And uh, I was really struck by that whole progressive rock thing and I think a lot of guys and girls uh, came up from my time got swept away with that. It was sort of like a uh, not just rock and roll but like you know uh, artsy and trying to be as, more than a, you know playing on the equivalent of classical music but played on rock and roll instruments. So it uh swept me away and uh and actually i think i got started a lot later than a lot of people you know some people get started when they're seven or four or things like that i played some music before but uh that's when the fever that's when that fever got me i was uh, 14 and <laughs> pretty pretty much uh there ever since and so i uh, uh you know so the root of me is as a guitarist
1: uh, with other instruments in there too but that's it guitar playing Progressive rock minded, and uh, <laughs> and then gradually growing through that,
0: you're going all the way through it, and then coming to understand, uh, you know, it's a part of a bigger picture of entertainment and show business, and uh, and
1: and how it all fits together. So, kind of like starting out very specific in a niche niche market, and, uh-huh.
0: like growing up, <laughs> growing up.
1: Oh, um, um, where did you grow up at? Uh, Tennessee, uh, Jackson, Tennessee. It's the
0: uh, home of uh, Carl Perkins. He wrote Blue Suede Shoes, A Long Fall of Mine. Uh, yeah, uh, classic. And, um, and there's a legend about Casey Jones, a railroad man. and So it's a little town between uh, Memphis and Nashville, and uh, very nice people. And uh, I couldn't wait to get out of there, to go to the big city and uh, you know make some music, but little did I realize... There was a lot of great music that came from there, and you know, George Harrison, the Beatles used to come and visit uh, Carl Perkins, and uh, it, so I, was, I didn't realize even the even a you know the the great Beatle was uh, coming to our hometown, and you know, we even attended a Carl's funeral. So there was also this Muscle Shoals recording studio, not too far away geographically so all this great music was happening around me i was just like man i can't wait to get to the city and people (laughs) coming to the area a lot of great great music there so you know young people are they they think what they want to think me too when i was young (laughs) (laughs)
1: um you know um, a lot of people have You know, you see a lot of people who go to New York, who go to LA, but they're always from small towns and they like try to escape their town of Tennessee. Um, Was you a person that you knew early on in life that Tennessee was not for you, that you wanted to venture out into California? Uh, You know, I didn't give it too much thought. I just wanted to be where the music was, uh, where I thought the music was.
0: And uh, so for me, that first minute going to college in Texas at this uh, amazing jazz school called University of North Texas it's kind of in the middle of nowhere so to speak Uh, it's near Dallas but it's not right in Dallas a little town of Denton and so in this little enclave it's this you know renowned school so I went there and then afterward it was as simple as going New York or LA New York is cold (laughs) Uh,
2: and so off to LA I went without, without a clue without a without a contact and wow just, just out
0: there so oh, I had how- to do it over again I might, uh, might do 500 things differently but I did what I did
1: oh how much money did you have when you went to LA like what did you have with you your clothes your
0: yeah yeah I uh, uh I had someone to stay with for a week and uh and a couple thousand dollars which I had uh, brought from uh, from my awesome brother
1: and uh and that was it so wow living and then, in, yeah I wanted to rent a place and it was like and they wanted this first last and security deposit I never heard of such a thing because I rented it when I was in college they were like wow well, okay
2: it's, uh, it's 150 a month, so give me 150 dollars <laughs> <laughs> and so it was a little different it's like I was like, what are you crazy? <laughs> I
1: forgot about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, has some pretty unrealistic expectations. Oh. Uh, just like, no, way. just, I was for the sticks, man. <laughs> um, what was the first, the first instrument you played, was the guitar correct? Or was it something uh, else?
0: No, no, really, Uh, piano. We had a, a baby grand piano, and uh, actually my brother still has that grand piano. And uh, so I took some lessons on that. I think I was like 10 or 11, 10, I think. Yeah. And uh, then I started playing trombone in the school band in middle school, at probably 11. And I still have a trombone. I, I majored in it in college, and I still play it here and there. So, uh, yeah. And then, then I picked up the guitar. Uh, there's a song by Steve Howe from Yes yeah, called "Moves
1: for a Day. Yeah. All the guitar players out there will know that for sure. And uh, so, you know, I, I just jumped in the deep end. That
0: was That was the second song I learned. The first song was the... The Mission Impossible, bum 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 I mean, it was a good one because it's still
1: the movie's still freaking huge now with the same theme. Yeah. And uh, and uh, and that
0: mood for a day. I didn't know anything about the guitar, but I learned that song.
1: <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. And then, um, you know, learning guitar. From was like you're really musically high. Is the Blastic family musically inclined, or you're the only one? Uh, a little
0: bit. My mom uh, was definitely musically inclined, and uh, uh, I wish I had known my uh, a great aunt of mine better because she, she was a vocal teacher and she also was a songwriter. And I don't know too much about her story, and, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, I only met her a few times when I was a young uh, a kid. And then, of course, at the time, I thought, "Oh, that's that old stuff," because you know, she was. You know, I see just like some SATB stuff some print on stuff. interface stuff yeah. that she'd write out by hand and you know little did uh, I know I'd be like you know writing out my songs with notation too but you know with the, now with the computers it looks beautiful and uh so I wish I could uh, follow up with that a little bit but my was a, a nice singer and and a pretty good piano player too and the difference is that you know she was came up learning like play this note kind of in the classical style and then you read the music and, and when you get that jazz instructions it's like the Matrix that movie uh, if you ever seen it where deep into it you know he all of a sudden the, uh, the world you know as he started getting more and more uh, into what, whatever's happening the the image he sees kind of disappears for a second he sees like the frame behind it holding it up and I think that's what it is like if you really get deep into the jazz thing. It's not about a style. It's not about like playing a swing beat, it's a, it's, just, you have, it's like music theory on a freight train, so you understand um, the frame behind music, and you hear the harmony and the melody, and I mean, music is harmony, melody, and rhythm, and, you know, it's country if you have this kind of a rhythm, or jazz if you have that kind of rhythm, but if you, but the, the harmony and the melody stay the same, so uh, the this, this genre becomes a little irrelevant. Uh, this more like taste, mm-hmm. but the uh, music itself is like, a, it's, it's this very simple frame. <laughs> yeah. Of course, uh, some people have a natural
2: gift for this kind of ear thing, and other people have to study it pretty hard, but uh, I think it was more in the study hard uh,
0: category, not the... I just really had a strong desire, uh, more, than a <laughs> more than a natural <laughs> gift.
1: Uh, so,
0: persis- so persistence <laughs> overcomes resistance
1: Oh I like that Persistence overcomes resistance um, In your mind did you ever thought about Becoming a music teacher Like when you got to California Or even in Tennessee Did you ever thought about that It's funny I, I still think about this question now Because my mom uh, Wanted me to be a music teacher Because you know, I taught some lessons here and there And she's like oh you're a natural
0: teacher And it just never <laughs> Took root in me I enjoy doing. I enjoy transferring information very much, uh, and sharing the information. Uh, As a career, it just hasn't really rooted rooted deeply in in me. I did teach a film composing class last year, which was really satisfying. I had some great students. These were adult students. Yeah. And so we we scored a film for this uh, 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 this film school called Limbs and it's the primarily uh, veterans who uh, go to this school, and it's like in a five-acre, amazing studio uh, campus, and they, they teach filmmaking by practically making a film, and they have all the departments there, and, and uh, the students, you know, most of them are uh, adults, or, or even mature adults, and they really are into being there. And, uh, so I don't know, that, that was a great experience. Uh, I enjoyed teaching that, that class.
1: But I don't, I don't gravitate toward it. Okay. Just, just I like doing
0: it so, 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 so,
1: so much. Yeah. You know, you composed a lot of music. Could you just name drop stuff that you composed? Because you know, a lot of people are musicians, but you know, they do a lot of covers. You know, you've done stuff on your own, and you also done covers. Um, just you know, name drop a few things that you've done. Well, my, my
0: bigger things, because I've been a I've been like sort of a journeyman uh, uh, music for film a TV kind of guy uh, Matthew McConaughey and I wrote a song together for Magic Mike uh, and if anyone's seen that movie that's the one where it's the only place in the movie where he picks up a guitar and sings and it's a song called Ladies of Tampa we wrote that also with a music supervi- supervisor Frankie Pine and uh, she just calls me up and she goes would you be willing to um, meet Matthew McConaughey at the Beverly Hills Hotel and do some songwriting, and I said yes I would. I'd be okay with that. (laughs) And uh, and so, uh, Lindsay Lohan uh, sang uh, my song, Don't Move On, in Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, and the lyrics of the song play into the story, and the action stops, and and she sings my song in a Disney movie, which is fantastic. Actually, uh, Megan Fox is in that scene too, she wasn't a big star that she was like an
1: antagonist female in there yeah Uh, she was like sort of like the mean girl this is
0: like about three months before Mean Girls came out so it was that era of Lindsay's stuff yeah Uh, I got a gold record for uh, the soundtrack of Princess Diaries 2 I have one song in it but uh, uh, Miracles Happen but it it got on the soundtrack and uh, and yeah it was very nice the gold record happened because of that and a lot of a lot of uh, you know, backing tracks, uh, things like that. Right now, I'm super excited because I'm going to be uh, scoring a, uh, a horror film called Blood Pageant.
2: Yeah.
0: And uh, it's an independent movie, but it's not just a an itty-bitty one. It's a, you know, it has some budget. Uh, Natasha, uh, if anyone doesn't um, know who we're talking about, we're talking about uh, my wife, Natasha Vlasic. And she's acting in it. She's uh, the antagonist. And uh, although the antagonist isn't on camera uh, throughout, she's more at the beginning and the end, Mm -hmm. her uh, influence is, you know, the motivator all throughout, and she'll have some like a, I think there's going to be some cool fight stuff for Mm -hmm. in stuff, so I'm super excited about that, and actually in the whole music department I'm going to compose the score, because actually you know, I score and I do songs, Mm -hmm. and uh... And you know, people who know I do electronic stuff, they don't know I do traditional stuff. People who think I do, you know, i know me for my traditional stuff, don't know I do electronic stuff. And uh, you know, so people who think it would be like the old fogey, they don't know me for the <laughs> today sounds, and people know me for today sounds, don't know I know the old fogey stuff. Yeah. Uh, so this is going to be a, a great chance to put it all on one one thing. So we. Uh, And then I just started, uh, I just shot something yesterday. It's called Blood Pageant, the music, Mm -hmm. and so I'm going to document the entire experience uh, as it goes along. Because I I love watching those composers, how they did this, but a lot of it's after they finished it. Then they'll go back and show their tracks. Mm -hmm. And this is the whole process from, uh, because I just booked it. You know, the script is still being changed. uh, Shooting dates are still being changed. and, uh, And, you know, before we even get into shooting, You know, I'm thinking about this. A lot of people don't even realize this. For the song with the music, the scene with the music in it, that music had to be prepared before they shoot so you can do the playback on the set. Mm. So those are called pre-records. And uh, so there's like a whole skill that goes into uh, knowing how to do that and what you do and don't need for that and what can and cannot be changed after that. So anyway, I'm pretty jazzed about it. Pretty jazzed. And plus, Natasha and I get to work on the same film.
1: Oh, what's the hardest thing to do? Score a movie or like sing a movie? Like, it's, you know, like the scores is just like the, the tunes of the movie, right? So, is it harder to compose a song as opposed to a score, or is it like the same format when you?
0: Well, it's uh, they kind of have two different functions. Because the score, you know, it's like the, uh, I mean, I guess it could have use use some lyrical content in there. In some places, like the Lord of the Rings, they'll yeah. They'll have like those elf songs that use uh Tolkien's lyrics yeah but uh you know generally it's the instrumental background you know underscores they'll call it and uh, and it can be everything from like traditional orchestra like john williams really does a great job with that yeah uh, i mean a really great job with that uh i mean everyone thinks of the uh, you know the, the big hits but You know, when I was uh, teaching my class, I also used stuff from uh, um, the Minority Report. Oh, man, this guy, he's a very sophisticated composer.
2: And he does it old fashioned. He writes it on a piece of paper, you know, with a pencil.
0: (laughs) And he watches the video and then he goes to a piano. He doesn't, he never bothered to learn, he said he never bothered to learn the Pro Tools and all that because he just has, he's been too busy working to learn the computers. Yeah. So, you know, good for him. But, you know, scoring is actually a bigger job because, if you're scoring the film, you're scoring the entire movie. And generally, if you're doing a song in a movie, a lot of times people do one song in a movie. And it can be anything from like, oh, I've already got this song done, and they're licensing it. Or we need it to sound exactly like this, but we can't afford, we can't afford this famous song. So can you make it sound sort of like that? But accomplish the same thing, but be a lot cheaper than this. You know, sometimes it's really expensive to license some song. Mm-hmm. Actually, in Blood Pageant, you know, there's a the producer really is dreaming about a Taylor Swift song. I have my doubts that we'll be
2: able to afford that song. Whoa. So you know, but I'm also the music supervisor
0: on it. So I'll definitely make the calls and uh, and get you know, get get quotes on it but it's my strong suspicion that this song is not going to be affordable for this uh, production. And uh, so, you know, we prepared with other choices. You know, we might take submissions for it uh, from the outside and we might write it ourselves or I might write it or, uh, you know, the producer, uh, Chris uh, Gilmore, is a, a woman. Uh, she's a strong songwriter herself, so we will see, we will see, you know, we can play around with it. So I don't know. What's harder? Uh, I, I do songs and I do score. Some people are like, they don't know how to score, they don't know the scoring aspect. A lot of, like, pop people and, and, you know, rockers and, and, and people who produce songs, you know, whether it's, whatever the category, uh, it's not the same as, like, scoring a picture, where it's to the scene, you know, every action, and some composers, they just don't have a pop song mentality where it's like, you know, Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. It's like they just don't have that <laughs> brain for it, right? You yeah, know, it's like because they're not they're not rockers or poppers or rappers or, or or whatever it is. So I happen to do both those things because you know I'm an active lifelong indie rocker, jazzer, and you know I have an active jazz band, active. Uh, solo work is uh, kind of rock and roll, I'm active with Natasha with the snowflakes doing rock. And um, so it's a great question. What's harder? They're just different, you know, because the song is, is like trying to sell some emotion. Then also you need to like worry about the where content that does it play with us, because you only have like, the perfect mood in the song, mm-hmm. but then all of a sudden it speaks about like something specific that goes against the action that you're having there. Um, So here's an actually, I don't know, I I found it interesting when I learned it, is for songs and movies, you really want to have the, um, because if you just work on a finished, famous song and that's all you have, you don't have the instrumental track without the vocal, you're kind of stuck here as the vocal. But a lot of times, you know, the song starts, they sing a couple lines, you know, uh, I love you, you love me, come on baby, can't you see, you know, like yada yada. Yeah. But then the dialogue happens, and then they go into the next verse of, like, you know, I like coffee for breakfast. <laughs> and it's like they're having a sensitive dialogue there. And uh, so you want to have that uh, vocal, instr- instrumental track separate from the vocal track. And uh, I mean, most writers are hip to that these days, so you have to provide those elements. But a lot of older stuff,
2: they don't have the, those instrumental tracks available. Yeah. So that way you can, like, duck the vocal down and
0: don't spoil the dialogue, you know, specific for a working picture.
1: Oh. Um, how long is the process going to take for you? Like, how long, since you're doing everything, like, is, would this be a longer process?
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure, because, uh, our shoot date was for February 16th, but just got pushed back to April 30th. Oh my God. So, yeah. So that's a couple months later, um, there's five or six songs that we need to have pre-recorded beforehand, um, you yeah, there's one where a, uh, a violinist is violining and she's, you know, she's playing on camera, so, and then she, she gets killed playing her violin, falling off of a building. Like, it sounds like a cool <laughs> shot, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's the, the pre part, so then there's the production part, and it's, it's a pretty tight shoot, I think it's three weeks max, yeah. so it's yeah. going to be like, <laughs> and then uh, the scoring is after, and so it'll, I'll be on this thing into the summer, for sure, it'll, it'll go on, and there'll be, like, changes, and put this in, and then, you know, I'm just expecting a lot of, a lot of changes, and, uh, uh, I mean, you can, if you kill yourself, you can knock, knock out a score in a couple weeks, but then, sometimes you're talking about, like, well, you're doing this scoring, but then someone else is doing the orchestration, (laughs) so, like, you send send out, like, some piano stuff, and you have your orchestrator do it, and then someone else takes care of the rest, uh, uh, it depends on at what level, but if it's like a, at this level where the composer is doing it all, you know, writing the music and delivering the finished sound. Because we're not hiring an orchestra for this one. We're not like writing out score parts and putting sheets on stands and having 80 players there. It's uh, uh, going to be electronic, and then hire a few players to come in for key moments to add add stuff like that, mm-hmm. add that, that live element in there.
1: Yeah, um, so it's, pretty, it's a big project. Now, Natasha, she's the antagonist. She'll shoot for a few days, <laughs> and she'll be. It's, she might get like a little full, uh,
0: little uh, ADR at the end, where she'll go and like add some uh, vocal work to match better or something like that. Happens a lot. Uh, so for her, it's a few days. For me, it's a few months.
1: <laughs> so you're stuck. Um, you know, speaking about music, you have a passion for music. Um, what is your favorite genre of music? Uh, I'm pretty much. Uh,
0: I like good music. You know, it's like Duke Ellington said, if it sounds good, it is good. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I see people, like, real hung up on, like, you know, the kind of music they like, and I just like it good, you know? If it's a, if it's a, if it's a good groove, and, and I don't care if it's, you know, some people, like, spend a lot of time worrying about, like, is, is rap music music or not because it's, like, isn't technical melody. Mm-hmm. I'm like... I don't care. It sounds good to me.
2: Yep. <laughs> it's like,
0: it's, the beats are so cool, and it's yeah.
1: like uh, it's
0: like it sounds good. What's not to like?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I say it's pretty much it's like movies. It's subjective. It's what you like, and you know, one, you know, you know, you might like a certain song that other person might not like. You know, might not like it, but it doesn't mean it's mm-hmm. bad. It's just subjective. I'll tell you another thing. Stuff that like maybe when I was younger, I thought was kind of schmaltier.
0: You know, take like a big ballad by the, you know, like the, the big voice singers, you know, like Celine Dion songs or uh, Jennifer Warnes or stuff like that. Oh, lift us up where we belong. I might have thought when I was a young guy that's kind of schmaltzy commercial stuff. Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, you, know, you get a get a gig. Somehow, you might need to do that song in some way or redo it for a, a movie. Not that particular one in my case, but uh, I just remember Jennifer Warren's, I just thought, man. That is schmaltzy. This is when I was a young guy, and uh, and then you you know put a, put some attention to it, and you realize how amazing the work is. And you're like, oh man, I love those little indie songs, all those
2: big you know, <laughs> songs. Or it's like, I don't know. It's like it's good. It's good. Yeah. So, I mean, I just came up with that progressive rock. So I was like, in I always love that sound of like some. Some like
0: playing You're kind of like really that Mahavishnu orchestra where they're like doing this unison and stuff and it kind of it was kind of like this really tightly done routine it's almost like a gymnastics routine like a circus and I that got me fired up but I mean I still admire it and I still enjoy it but it's
1: let's just say I'm a dude <laughs> Um, what um composer you admire? I know you talked about John Williams, and I know he's he's awesome. Um, are you a fan of like Hans Zimmer and different other people as well? I mean, if you
0: if you think you're not a fan of Hans Zimmer, you probably just were enjoying the movie so much you didn't specifically notice the music because Hans has a way of uh, uh, transporting you into the story. You know, it's funny, and I think he does it more simply mm-hmm. than, uh, than John Williams does. But it, it, something about it's really emotional, and it goes right for that emotional element. And also, in a way, it has a kind of a transporting you to another world.
1: Kind yeah, of, kind
0: yeah. Hans is great. I, I met him once. I didn't. Re-
1: Realized I didn't know what he looked like, yeah. And we're sitting around at some table in some studio,
0: and so it's man, you gotta talk to Hans Zimmer. I'm like, which one was that?
1: Oh my god, <laughs> I had
0: a studio nearby, and uh, and someone's asking about my studio, and he got all interested in I go, Oh, where's your studio? and He was like, nice as it can be, and yeah. little did I know a few blocks away, he has his mega studio because you know, he's he's his. His composition isn't just one man, he has like a team of composers who, yeah. you know, he'll he'll come up with a theme and, you know, he's got so much work that one person couldn't do it. And so he's got a whole farm system where he'll bring composers up and then they'll even go in and get their own careers. And uh, so, you know, he's he's a he's a force in the industry for sure. So I'm just a
2: little guy. He's a, he's a lion. Yeah. So I, I, know, so I mean every time I hear stuff I'm amazed uh, uh, I wish I would remember this fellow's name
1: it, it was a, I was just listening to this score for uh, uh, The Woman in Black is Daniel Radcliffe movie yeah okay. and I was using it as a reference for uh, possibly
0: this film actually there's another film I'm supposed to score I was listening to it for that it's kind of real gothic and real traditional but very moody score uh, and I, I had to look up the guy's name because I didn't know him yet it turns out he's you know done a lot of work you find out it's like everyone's done a lot of work and uh, so I, I don't know. I just, there's the Biggies for sure. Uh, you know the, uh, um, the Newmans. All the Newmans are great. Okay. Uh, I mean, seriously. Uh, we lost a, a, a shoot. Basic Instinct. I mean, sorry, I don't remember his name, but you know, he's huge. And uh, I got to meet. Henry Mancini, not too long before he passed. Oh, okay. And uh, it was like a question and answer thing, but it was a pretty small group. And I thought, oh, I was going to be like this genteel elder, you know, statesman of composing. And it was actually kind of crustier than I was expecting. He was kind of like, he was like complaining about... Uh, you know, it's like, the director asked for this, and then I gave him this, and we're the 80-piece orchestra, would do doing the recording session, and then he says, no, I want this, and I said, oh, well, he uses, these, he uses some crusty language, and so then I turned out. It. <laughs> you know, it's like, I realized, oh, man, because I was doing, like, a, a corporate videos and stuff at the time. Yeah. And, you know, it's unrealistic requests, I have to stay up all night doing stuff, and I realized, oh, it's the same for everybody, no matter what your level, because you get requests from the other side, and they may or may not know anything about music, but it's like... I wanted this thing, and uh, but I don't know how to say what it is, and so you yeah, the composer ends up really putting in some long, 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 you know, inhumane hours, in and uh room by themselves making the changes. I in this uh, one time I was in a scoring session. I, I, my first job was a messenger for music supervisors yeah. uh, for the movie Twins, and I happened to be in a uh, the biggest scoring session I've ever been in, still to this day, because things are so electronic and at home now. And there's still some big sessions sure but uh, this is George Delarue as a composer he's gone now French guy mm-hmm. and, uh, and Ivan Breitman uh, uh, was the director of you know, Ghostbusters and, yeah uh, a lot of big movies and so it was just a simple thing going from here to there and a transition and it sounded amazing and, and beautiful and uh, and Ivan says to George oh but you do the reveal when they go through the disc, but I'd really like to reveal when they, uh, you know, you do the opening game, but I'd really like to do the reveal when they meet this person, which is like a few seconds later, which is a simple enough request, right, artistically, but for an 80-piece orchestra to change all their charts and, and to have the music composed, it's it's a big deal, and he's like, and it's like I, you know, they didn't cover it right then, but I remember when the movie came out, I was curious, because I would seen that happen in, with my own eyes, and boom, that
1: change was made, and it perfectly worked uh, the way I've been asked for it. Yeah. Amarn, have you ever had um, any regrets in life?
0: <laughs> no,
1: never. <laughs> it's just been nothing
0: but a, but a, a
1: rose, uh, a <laughs> yellow brick road. Think, yeah, man. No, nothing but good times. <laughs> no.
0: Stakes ever it's been great
1: <laughs> I just going to keep uh, keep my head buried in his hand and uh, don't pay attention
0: to what's around me and uh, I'll keep thinking that
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah come on but you know I'm uh, I'm also lucky I'm lucky I you know for a million things I'm lucky I'm a you know full functioning you know, because I have friends who are younger than I am who have some issues, and it's like, you know, I'm very grateful. And I, every day is a new chance. I say, if I were born today with my assets and liabilities, could I or could I not make a life out of that? And uh, so I'll try and fight from there, because there's definitely some challenges. business is uh, it's tough, you know. It's like you can't rest on what you did before. you got to Keep Scrap, keep
1: scrap, yeah. How about you? Any regrets? Um, plenty of regrets, you know, plenty of regrets. But you know, I always say, you know, bad experience, experience is always a great teacher. So when you have a, like a lot of regrets, it just confirms what happened, and you just realize, okay, you know, depending on what it is, this won't if this happens again, I'm a little bit prepared. You know, no one's ever prepared for regrets, but. You just you it, it shapes your armor a little bit. That's how I look at regrets. You know.
0: Yeah, true. It's like use it as experience, and uh, and hopefully uh, the next time you can see it coming faster. Yeah. Actually, in my own experience, I'll get tricked by the same trick again, but uh, or the getting down the same rabbit hole. But I'll, at least I'll figure it out sooner and get out a little faster, and because
2: uh, yeah, we'll, we'll find ourselves. Good. We are our personality, and and Mm -hmm. we're still, by whatever weird way, say, "Oh, I'll never go with go with uh, that kind of situation again." And all of a sudden, it's like, "Oh, there I am again." Yeah. Uh But
0: uh, at least you see it sooner, sooner, and sometimes you even see it coming in advance. You're like, "Hey,
1: I -hmm. I actually
0: did it this time. I didn't
1: didn't screw up like that." So you know, they they say uh, tragedy plus time equals comedy. Yeah. So
0: you know it's like okay. Keep on keep on keeping on.
1: Yeah. Um, what is Martin's favorite food? Uh,
0: changing all the time because I've been trying to eat a little bit better. I, I know okay. I was a, a pizza lover for, uh, Oh, New yeah. York
1: New York pizza. If you haven't had a pizza since you had a New York pizza. Oh <laughs> uh, it was thin crust, yeah, yeah, I had big time. And actually, you know what? They have all this like, uh, you know, it
0: yourself pizzas now. They're those artisan pizzas. Yeah. They're fantastic. But yeah, I'm trying to eat a little healthier and uh, things that I didn't know I'd like earlier in life. Uh, I'm a huge cauliflower and, and and just lightly cooked fish fan. Yeah. And flirting with the idea of trying to eat, you know, less animal protein, but uh, yeah. <laughs> hasn't taken yet. You know, yeah. but uh, flirting with that idea. Uh, you
1: know, things that, I don't know. It's like I saw this movie where they like they serve Brussels sprouts and it was supposed to be the most awful thing. Yeah. And I'm like, man, that looks good. Yeah. You'd be surprised <laughs> if you if, like a, if you're like on Weight Watchers or something like that. They have a lot of good uh, recipes, really good recipes. Like people say, oh, Weight Watchers, whatever, but they have really good recipes with salmon, chickpeas, water chestnuts, really good stuff. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Say, so, hey, <laughs> so, I don't know. I I. Uh, I uh,
0: if I was a, could go back to my kid self, I say, open up your mind a little bit because I thought I was like progressive because I like that progressive rock. Yeah. But uh, realized oh wait a minute, you don't know what uh, some things are. That's mm-hmm. Just uh, some of the reality shows that show the people. Oops. Way back. Ralph. Right. You, you see, you know, people trying stuff they hadn't tried before, and they're like, oh, I don't like. I this one thing: I don't like caviar. That's terrible. and it's like, Ooh, this, is, you know. It's like maybe you just haven't tried it before. Maybe you actually like caviar. It's, it's like, did anyone actually grow up liking beer the first time they tried it when they were a kid and their family let them try one sip? You're like, no, you can acquire that taste or, or yeah. wine or, or whatever. And it's like, or coffee.
2: You know, I didn't yeah. start
0: drinking coffee until I was in my thirties. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I uh, think our food's the next one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know, coffee's really good. It's really addicting, depending on what, what kind of coffee you drink. It's really good.
0: <laughs> um, maybe, that might be my favorite food, actually. I, I am definitely a, a coffee uh, a lover. Uh, that, might, that might actually come out on top. Coffee.
1: The coffee? Oh, okay. Um, you know, I'm sure people are curious. How did you and Natasha meet? How did you guys meet up? Oh, we met uh, online. Uh, I was bound uh,
0: and determined to stay single, and I started uh, uh, dating uh, online and and I don't think the website's still there uh, anymore, oneandonly.com, and, and uh, yeah. you, had a, you know, a little button that said international, and, uh, and, you know, I it's, you know, for people who are dating online, it's kind of like, I think it has a little bit of like a gambling, uh, um, addictive quality, you know, like you pull that arm and you see the numbers come up, and you do it again, and you do it again, and you want to see something you like, you know, yeah. like I want, I want, but you, like you look for, uh, I mean, now you swipe, but back then you know you like click on someone's picture and it would roll down the page slowly and the picture would roll like slowly come into the end of view and uh uh you know it's like it's kind of a, and an addictive quality because you read this little paragraph on this person and see this picture and you think he's oh I like this person I don't like this person and uh and when I saw Natasha, Natasha's profile and her picture I just it was like one of those movies where they like pushing the camera but they pulled the uh pulled uh, uh the zoom out at the same time so it has this kind of transforming look it's like Room! and uh <laughs> and so you yeah, know we dated internationally she was in Ukraine and yeah and there's a there was a time when like how we got together was our whole story and uh and it was a it was a big adventure for both of us but I uh, we've been together long enough now is so our that that's in our past and uh and now we're more focused on, uh, you know, our entertainment careers and things like that. So we're not defined by, oh, we met online. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it goes a ways back. But I'll tell you, if anyone's uh, thinking about dating internationally, it's it's quite a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, or, you know, you, you do the long distance, and and you actually meet that person face to face, and it's like, even if you've been. I mean, we actually didn't do video calls because I don't think had video calls like that uh, uh, so easy. Yeah. And so it was like a real adjustment period. Like, okay, here's this actual person, you know, right here in front of me, you know, pictures and stuff. But it's, it's a, it was a thing. It was great. Uh, big a big adventure for both of us. You know, we both would meet in different countries, and uh, I mean, we'd be in the same country, but yeah. we go to a third country sometimes, and. Uh, uh, Sometimes in Ukraine,
1: a grand, a grand adventure, a grand romance, and, uh, and I'm very blessed and lucky to, uh, to have Natasha in my life, and she's definitely my better half, and super smart, super talented, super funny, and, uh, and, and she needs her morning coffee, too. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you guys been married now?
0: Uh, it's a mystery nobody knows. It's a show business mystery.
1: Gotcha. Your show is just
0: nobody knows any numbers.
1: <laughs> gotcha. And um, mom, mom, what's the key to a successful marriage? Ah, uh,
0: well, I am not one to...
1: In your say, opinion. In, in your opinion.
0: Uh I would say that, you know, because human beings, they evolve. And if you put something like set and forget, like, oh, I fixed that, now it works, well...
2: It might not be working. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. you're like, I already said that. I told you. I told you eight years ago. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you know, you might not. Have, uh, you
0: know, because people grow and change, and uh, yeah, and, and they're not going to be the. Some things will be the same. A lot of things will be the same, but some things will evolve. So you got to have a little room in your heart for uh, for people to grow uh, and be who they are, and you can't squeeze the life out of them something I mean some people really like to squeeze the life out of other people It's it seems really really uh, people what make them tick like oh I made this person do that you must do this yeah. I don't know I'm a little more uh, like 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 let your world be your world you know it's okay yeah What? <laughs> I am uh, living with stuff like that just day by day don't take anything for granted. And that's very grateful. And Natasha's an awesome person.
2: Yeah.
0: Super talented. And, uh, and you know, sometimes people, because she has a, a playful side, and sometimes people won't know that uh, she's so smart, and because uh, she'll be kind of silly. But, uh, but she's very, very smart. She's really good at abstract thought. Uh, things with the, like, Building these whole pretty complicated, they, you know, like uh, they kind of just really. Uh, she's a, she's a pretty yeah. Some of the super smart people like kind of. <laughs> they're savants in one way. Yeah, I think her silliness, uh, is belies her uh, just raw intelligence. There, so she's a she's a smart girl, and you know, because uh, uh she gets a lot of attention for her her, her beauty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I certainly appreciate it but you know cuz we were first
1: talking you know we were
0: talking on the phone and I'm like ah smart girl i like it so that's she, she had me in, she had me a hello literally because it was like
1: <laughs> that's all <we> had, hello <laughs> um it's kind of cool because both of you are in the entertainment industry and both of you have similar passions um is it you know I, i'm not i don't live in california so i don't know is it a lot of like is it hard to to be real? I guess, I don't know. You get the misconception of people in California, a lot of fake people, a lot of people who say things to your face and say things behind your back. Is it kind of hard dealing with a lot of people or you met some very grounded people in California?
0: Uh, yes.
1: Yes? <laughs> oh. Oh. Um, I think it's a misconception that people are especially fake out here. Yeah. Uh, Uh, I mean yes we've met some really grounded people and yes we've met some people
0: who are uh, capricious but I believe in any office environment anywhere you will find some people who are genuine and you'll find some people who are uh, self-serving and uh, egomaniacs in the whether it's in a restaurant or a shipping and receiving department or a or a CPA firm, or anywhere, you know. There's because we're human beings, and and I just think it's a, a misconception that that's more prevalent out here. Uh, I just know every place I've ever been, there's been touchy personalities to deal with. Oh, you can't say this to that person because of this, that, and the other thing. And there's there's always a vain person. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know I just think it's a uh, one of those myths that people are more 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 vain now I will say this uh, as part of an actor's toolkit, um, they work with these guideposts Actually just something I, I really really uh, benefited from uh, uh, being with Natasha just understanding acting now it's, uh, maybe it's like can't just be in a relationship but it's a uh, but it's you understand how an actor works? Because, you know, with music, you, there's some technical things, scales and keys, and you can you can run your fingers across there no matter who you are, but with, with acting, you work with these other tools, like uh, what am I fighting for and uh, uh, the moment before. But then and somehow you might think about it. danger and vulnerability, and vulnerability especially, I mean, think about it, these uh, beautiful creatures called actors Uh, make themselves permanently vulnerable so that they might entertain us uh, whenever they might get booked. And if, for some reason, they might seem a little, you know, touchy at times, these are, you know, beautiful creatures who've made themselves vulnerable for our entertainment, and uh, it's not an easy life for them because they have to wait for someone to say, you're booked, to actually get to do what it is they do. Whereas a guitar player can sit anywhere with a guitar and strum that arm. And I think there's sort of like a hypnotic quality to strumming a guitar. You know, it's repetitious. I think you can kind of hypnotize yourself into like a like a calming trance. Have mm-hmm. you ever seen someone shooting baskets all by themselves, just like one after the other, just shooting baskets?
1: Yeah. It's got this repetition and, and you can kind of concentrate and it's just
0: like it's kind of like a zen peacefulness you work on something but uh, it's like this repetition to it I think it's kind of like the same thing if you're like strumming on a guitar it's it's calming it feels good and uh, and actors they have to wait for someone to call them to an audition call them to a callback, bring them to a the set where it's high pressure every minute counts because every minute is costing money and for these few precious moments between action and cut. Hmm. So if they're a little so touchy, it's because they've got a lot right on the line to do what it is they want to want to do in life. But I don't think they're uh, more fake. I just
1: think they're uh, vulnerable. Vulnerable? Okay. Well said. Um, Martin, I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, would you sing me a tune?
0: Yeah, sure. Let me grab a guitar. I might have to tune it.
1: <laughs> yeah, fine. It's totally fine. This is a snowflake song I do with Natasha. Okay. It's you like a verse
0: in that chorus. It's called What Does Your Heart Say? Okay. We have a video on YouTube. This is Nana. It's just uh, a little cartoon Martin and a little cartoon Natasha.
1: Martin Blasek, woohoo, blowing the ivory tunes, yeah, awesome.
0: Uh, thank you very much, you friend.
1: Nah, not a problem, great, man. Um, You know, I do also a little bit of
0: online performing too, so uh, uh, I have a little secret site where I go and I just kind of get my Jones on and I'll just sit here in this very same chair and, uh, and uh, just play some tunes and knock them out, so I'm you know, feeling lonely to play, I just I just play, so I don't
1: have to wait. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know how they say, people say when you hear the ivory tunes, what do you say when someone's playing the guitar? Is there a terminology for that?
0: Ah, uh, um, well, there's a lot of new games for it. Some people
1: in the South, they call it the Gitbox. The uh, Gitbox, okay.
0: Some of disliked that. But, uh, <laughs> uh, the the six string, you know, the, uh, your axe is another <laughs> one. Uh, Jamming on the axe, man. Uh, Did you bring your axe? (laughs) Uh, uh, I don't know, I always like the six-string because it's like an accurate portrayal. Uh, uh, The getting Box sounded... I don't know why I don't like that, I just don't. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I just don't understand it well enough. Uh, But yeah, man, jamming jamming the six-string. Like that, what's that,
1: Jukebox Hero? He's, he's got a six-string. <laughs> Stars in his eyes. <laughs> um, um, like, um, is there, like, a particular... What is your favorite guitar? Do you have, like, a particular, like, is there a guitar you had since you was little that you still have today? Like, did you have, like, any old instruments? I do
0: have one. I bought it, uh, I think in my... I got it in my first year of college. I still have that guitar. It's an and his artist and, uh, and they have become uh, somewhat treasured somewhat um, and but then I back in the day I, uh, I it has like this brass extra piece of metal this whole gimmick was had this extra brass piece of metal buried in it for more sustained but then I wanted to have a whammy bar to do things. stuff like my uh, favorite guitar player uh, at the time Alan Holtzworth who's god his soul was an amazing artist, and so I had to go to a machine shop. They had nothing to do with instruments. To have this metal routed out because they're like, well, you know, this that wood that's like solid brass. You're gonna have to go to a machine shop. So I basically had this brass thing, which is the whole point of the guitar, <laughs> routed out <laughs> to make way for this other thing. So I, in a way, essentially ruined the whole uh, point of that specialness of that design. But you know, it still it still kicks ass today with uh, uh, with that whammy and that... I need a rock guitar with a little more of a twang to it since I did that. A little kind of it took some of the rock edge out and put a little twang to it.
2: Yeah. Uh, so I still got the guitar today, it still kicks
0: ass, man. I'm an original original owner on that one from uh, way back in way back in the in the day. I do not know when. So uh, yeah.
2: so that one's still around. You know, I'm, I I I think guitars more for usefulness. I I love them, but I don't. I'm not going
0: I haven't named one Lucy or anything like that. <laughs> or I don't romanticize them because, uh, you know, they're 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 made of wood, and sometimes wood lasts forever, but sometimes it you know has issues, and and so it's like they might go through their whole lives, or they we might trade them in or something like that. So. I just wanted to I wanted to play good most important I wanted to play good
2: I want yeah. to sound good <laughs> you know,
0: I want to look good but play good and sound good are the number ones play good first sound good next look good next so, yeah uh, but anyway I really appreciate you having me on the show it's uh been uh great talking to yeah, you actually I'm lucky today because I'm scoring a short film yeah a little action sequence which is like a, a sizzle reel for somebody to uh Budget on there. I I don't know if I'm going to already tell you all the details, but uh, but there's a couple of uh, familiar faces in it, and so I'm gonna. As soon as we get off here, I'm gonna jump into like a, a scoring naps. It's like seven minutes of action, 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 and yeah. some comedy, comedy, in there too. Actually, just hearing one thing is like what I do is I I score with just a piano, yeah. and and i have to be careful with who i'm working with because if I, some people if i let them hear that they're like it sounds like a silent movie it's just piano and uh you know then i'll explode it into like an orchestration yeah and uh, so it, you just have to know your uh who you're working with how you make your presentations but I, i'll do it all on piano and from there you explode it into uh, you know even if it's electronic you know if it's not an orchestra you still call it an orchestra you can still call it an orchestration yeah. So that's what's coming up for me
1: immediately. Yeah. And um, my, my final question for you, Martin, is what would the Martin of today tell the Martin of yesterday?
0: Oh, I was thinking about this the other day, but I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, I should tell myself this. And of course, I'm so, uh, you know, I live a little bit more in the moment than I should. So, uh I'll sing sooner.
2: sing sooner, because
0: I didn't start singing until I was a grown man, okay. and I was like, oh, I'm an instrumentalist, um, I think I was, I don't know, gosh, I just saw an old, old video of myself from, like, a college day, someone just dug it up from, like, this concert, about mm-hmm. uh, 15 guitars playing together, it was, like, a really cool concert, and, uh, and I'm looking at that guy there, and I'm like, "Well, he had fun."
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm here now. I still got a chance uh, to make something out of this. So I know I would definitely want to broaden my horizons a little bit because I was seriously, seriously, seriously focused on understanding the neck of a guitar and, and and playing well. Yeah was a real focus. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a friend who talks about opera singers and they, well, he says, well, mm-hmm. their entire world is based on, if they're happy or sad, on how their voice is that day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's very inward and uh, and I can relate, you know, so I'd always be like, how are my hands today? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so, I don't know. I think, uh, honestly, I think, uh, I mean, Natasha's the only thing that ever brought me out of that trance of like all music all the time. The only person that uh, that woke me up from that trance. And so I'm grateful for that. Uh, good questions. I, I'm going to think about that one for the next two
1: months. <laughs> you better get back to me with a, a, a legit answer. <laughs> yeah, I'll get back together
0: now and they'll say, I was, I was thinking about what you said. <laughs>
1: Uh, Martin, um, plug your social media, plug um, and your upcoming engagements. Um, anything you you know you already talked about your movie? Talk about it again. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, it's a movie it's called Blood Pageant, and it's uh, going to be shot uh, starting in uh, April 30th. So shooting in May. So it's you know it's a uh, plenty of time to follow on with that. And I'm also on my uh, I've got a YouTube channel, Martin Blassick. Uh classic is probably B-L-A-S-I-C-K, and follow my Instagram, but also my gorgeous, talented, uh, awesome wife, Natasha Blasek. Hers too. And uh, and we also do stuff together. We have a uh, web series that I wrote and directed called Natasha Zero Zero. First episode's got over 100,000 views on that, so in addition to all the music, I also write and direct, uh, which is sort of like a next chapter for me. And uh, um, you know, you can find her name, just search Blasek and there you go. B like Boy, L-A like Los Angeles, S-I like Sports Illustrated, C-K like Calvin Klein.
1: Oh, man, how long did it take you to come up with that? <laughs> that's amazing. I, I had my head
0: one day, and I've been using it for, uh, for years and years ever since then, because, you know, it's like getting people to spell your name and stuff. Now I even not ask you about your name, and I'm like, E-P-H, am like, You're yeah. <laughs> very gracious about it.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, so that's, that's Martin Blasek. <laughs> thank you so much, man.
0: Uh, thank you for having me. Appreciate I, it,
1: appreciate it. And I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices. Have a good one, folks.